started saying that you, I, you literally like normally i only like quote movies and songs um and tv shows but now i've started quoting you and I, i've started <laughs> quoting Billick and bone <laughs> well you know that's that's actually a quote from uh i think it's rudolph remember the claymation rudolph mm. and they had the guy with the uh God, what was his name with cornelius. the beard yes, yeah cornelius yeah because he would throw his little hammer uh, up in the air it would stick in the ice yeah, and he would take nothing. it yeah nothing Yep. And then my dad would say that, and then it kind of I caught on with me, and then now it's just just something I you know just something I did not even paying attention to it, and then in the videos people love it, and I then it, it just became a thing. I love accident, it, which is I cool. No, that's funny. I I now remember that, and there's so many people that call me Yukon Cornelius, so I should like know all of his quotes. Yes. Yes. I, I I've been I telling people, I'm, I, yeah, I've been telling people I'm gonna go a little belt and put me a little revolver and a pickaxe in there. You should. <laughs> How you making, Bone Gang? And welcome back to another Pelican Bone Outdoors podcast. It has been several months, actually, since I put one out uh, because of things and stuff. But um, actually, I started a second YouTube channel called Pelican Bone Outdoor Podcast. But we're going to end up putting all of these as well as everywhere you get your podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcast and whatever other podcast places that the thing sends it but uh we might do some live still this one is not record live this is the first one that i have recorded and not done live but uh we're figuring out the main reason is because i am focusing wholeheartedly on my youtube channel trying to get it where it needs to be so i can go full-time doing that which will get allow me to uh do this podcast consistently and that is cool how did you change your background because <laughs> that is fantastic. Is that why you got just a plain white background now, so you can just add so or whatever you want? Dinosaurs on there, if I want to. Podcasts are great, and it's even better when you get to see them. Because, like, I'll, I'll sit and you ever watch? You ever listen to a? Uh, not no no. What is it? What is it? It's coming to me. Hold on. Meat eater. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Eater podcast. Meat eater. Yeah. I love listening to it, but every now and then they start talking about something or showing something. It's like, man, what's he doing? What's and he then, uh, then you got to go back and watch it. But anyway, today's uh, today's episode is about trying new things and why they're dangerous. Sometimes they can be dangerous, but why, why it's worth it. And I have a fantastic story that I'm going to tell a little bit later on. But first of all, how are you doing, Mr. Buddy, Alex buddy listen, I am fantastic. It is a... Uh, it's good. It's good day to be Alex Red. I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah. I'm good. No, yeah, man, I'm good. You know, it's 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 one of those things that if uh, if I wasn't good, nobody would care anyway. So you just got to be. I would right. care. I know I would you care. would care. I know. I say that. I, I got some good people in my life that really do care about me. But I'm good, man. I'm 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 having having some some good some good moods lately. Some bad moods lately. It just kind of all depends on 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 what the day is and what the day brings. But it's it's been good. It's been good. Been fishing. I've been doing a whole lot of catching. Just got a brand new kayak. <laughs> so that's fun. 
Um, yeah, we're going to Indianapolis tomorrow to do a boat show for three days. We're going to do some seminars about kayak fishing. And, and one of them is actually about like exploring small bodies of water. So it kind of fits into the topic for today. And so, dude, I'm good. It's great to be good, me. Man. I cannot complain whatsoever. Yeah, if you ever get the chance to go fishing with Alex Rudd, just make sure you don't stand on the deck with wear him. Yeah, or wear a helmet. Yeah, and definitely wear sunglasses because Alex likes to stick people in the head with um with treble hooks just so he can rip them out with a braid trick. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. I'm never gonna let that go. By the way, yeah, that, it's it's either. in the intro of the podcast, so you know, know. it's not yeah. going. Anywhere. I love it. I just stuck him in the head. I'm about to rip it out. <laughs> it's just like. Yeah. That is Alex Rudd in a nutshell right there. What, what are you doing, Alex? I just stuck his guy in the head, and I'm about to rip it out. And I'm going to enjoy every second of it. Yeah. No, a trip I will never forget, that's for sure. Yeah, Good I whacked you. Story. Dude, I hit you so hard with it. It wasn't oh, yeah. the fact that I stuck you with it. It was how hard I hit you with it. Like, dude, I reared back, and I was throwing into, like, 15-mile-per-hour <laughs> wind, and I said, whack. And I was like, oh, no. I was like, that's in his head. And I was like, but I do know how to get it out. <laughs> well, the, the crazy part is, is how hard you hit me. I didn't feel the hook. Like, I didn't feel the hook go in at all. It just felt like somebody threw a rock at my head. Felt like felt like David winding up the, uh, the old sling and hitting Goliath right in the back of the head. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, hey, you know, sometimes you can have fun. Yeah, it was a good time. What in the Whoa, world? That is what Did I'm you hear that? I like it. Do it again. That was crazy. I don't even know what I did. Karaoke. Nope, that's not it. Oh, there it is again. I like that. I don't know. Anyway, um, so before we get down into the the new things and everything, we gotta hit the uh the segment. The outdoor outlaws. Today's outdoor outlaws. Uh, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Enforcement Agents cited eight subjects. For alleged migratory game bird hunting violations in two separate cases, uh, agents cited. I'm, I'm just gonna say first names because even though I'm from Louisiana, I don't even I can't even pronounce these guys' last names. So <laughs> this guy Dwayne was 60. Uh, Cole, Coley was 36. Uh, Glenn was 67 uh, for hunting migratory birds over a baited area. You should know better. Agent cited John of 63. These are a lot of older guys that really should know better. Uh 63, John. Oh, 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 it's John Gilliatt Sr. and John Gilliatt Jr. Oh, and Dustin so Gilliatt 24. So this seems like it's the whole family. Oh, wait, and there's one more. Bert Gilliatt is 68. Hmm. Uh, they they find all of them for hunting migratory birds over a baited area. Uh agents also cited the uh, Gilead senior for hunting without a basic hunting license or without a duck stamp. So he, <laughs> is there a law they didn't break? <laughs> so, so they went out there with no intention of obeying the rules. Uh, yeah. Agents. This is also agents set up surveillance on uh, two duck hunting locations with bait in the area of two separate locations. Agents witnessed the subjects actively hunting for migratory game birds over baited areas. Uh, let's see. Does it say how much they got them for? Blah 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 blah. Federal cases. Oh yeah, that's true. Migratory birds is a federal case. That's not even state. Uh, all federal cases for hunting migratory game birds over abated. Blah blah blah. Hmm. So my question is, 
So here, and, th- and I really wonder about this. So because, so let me, let me back up. So a few weeks ago, I, well, more than a few weeks ago, but a few weeks ago, we'll say, I went up to a little place called Gatlinburg. You know about Gatlinburg. Yeah. Did some trout fishing. Well, like there was like this old man who I guess was there with like his grandkids and they were fishing down the stream from me and it is delayed harvest, which means you cannot catch nor can you keep any of the trout while they're this time of year. It's just part of like the stocking program and helping with a healthy population. I watched old boy pull like three giant trout out of the water and stick them in a cooler and just walk away with them. Now, the thing is, is like he totally broke the law, but like, I just wonder, and I know not knowing the law is no excuse for not following the law, but like how much of that is just plain, like dumb redneck ignorance because like you've got to think there's a certain like class of human being right that like is going to commit crimes like that and i think sometimes they commit crimes like that just because they're like they're literally like dumber than you and me right like they just yeah have no concept that this could even be against the law exactly so like i think so many times more often than not i will say and the reason i say that is because my beautiful wife works in customer service and in the customer service experience and in just being in the public space as myself as well, like you start to realize like how dumb people are like dumb to the point of like, you'll post a schedule for something and they'll ask you what your schedule is on the post. <laughs> what your schedule is, And it's like, you, you're just like, man, like are the lights on and nobody's home. And so like, you know that there's like another level below that of just like dumb red necketry and like, I think those boys have just hit that level of dumb red necketry or, or you've got a case where it's like, man, screw the government. I'm going to go choose yeah. my gosh dang duck. So I want to, Yeehaw! like, I don't I know. think it's, I think it's more along those lines. Cause uh, I mean, you got these dudes are 63 and 68. This dude's 50, 67. I mean, 60. There's a lot of older guys and only one what was it. I think only one got, got fined for not having a license or a duck stamp. So the rest of them had licenses. I know you know you need a hunting license to hunt, especially at 63. You need a license to do everything nowadays. Yeah, pretty much. Breathe. So, yeah. So um, I would I would say that's just a bunch of coon asses being like, you know what? And they probably did it a hundred times and then just finally got caught. Well, you yeah. know, and that can be true too. But I, I just think it's interesting. And I just wonder too, like how many people do do <laughs> how many people do do things and like they just do it and do it and do it until they do get caught like i just wonder how many people are like on a daily basis breaking some poaching or game law and a never a lot yeah. yeah a lot because i run into people all the time that that i think that i think are doing it or they you know talk about used to doing it or will say and, and a lot of them again will say you know they're talking about it and i'll hear it and i'll be like you know that's illegal no what so there's still a lot of ignorance of the law too because not stuff like that i mean you should know you're not hunting over a baited field for ducks or mm-hmm. uh you know you know you need a license mm-hmm. but um there's been a lot of a lot of rule changes lately here um speckle trout they changed the the size limit and the creel limit um they changed for uh, jug lines. They put a limit on that for recreational fishing. And now you also have to have your name, phone number, and your wildlife and fisheries ID number on there, you know, tagged 
which I think a lot of states do that, but we finally, you know, slow to the to the thing. Mm. But but a lot of people don't know those new, you know, the new rules that come out. Me, I'm all I'm I pull a book out every season and check every time I do something just to make sure because I know they they changing it. Yeah. And it's just very interesting to me. I, I think I think so many times like obviously we were very conscious and stewards of 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 our craft and what we do and, and we want to follow the law. But I think sometimes too, like we we have this you have you have ignorance and then you have arbitrary rule changes that aren't communicated well. Because that's one thing that I saw here. I forgot. I think it was Douglas Lake where they switched up the the rules on what bash you could keep or the size and all that kind of stuff. And it's like there wasn't a great communication of those new rules. And it's like you know that like there was like probably even still to this day some dude going out there and keeping five fish all the wrong size because like he do, he's a sixty eight year old man that doesn't have Instagram or Facebook right. This <laughs> and it's not in the newspaper and he does and it's not put on the news because you know they want to talk about you know, Israel and, and Hamas and Ukraine way more than they want to talk about like stuff that, you know, affects us locally. I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to me, the whole system, because I love the system, but also I know the system can be arbitrary. And so I worry sometimes that it's like with those like little nuanced rule changes that like we're putting way more people on the wrong side of the law than on the right side of the law. When we probably need to be focused on things like these dudes out here shooting ducks, just willy nilly. <laughs> Right. Well, and I think, and, and the good thing is the agents have discretion too a lot of times. So if they, if they really feel like somebody didn't know and was trying, yeah, you know, they usually work with them. Uh, yeah. At least that's what I find. But, um, but again, it's taking responsibility too, because we get, you got, you can go on our wildlife and fisheries website and a lot of most, most sporting goods places have the book that they put out every year yeah, that has all the rules for that season. Yeah. So, that's and, true. And when I and I so I go to the website and download the PDF and leave it in my phone. So even if I don't have internet, I just pull it up, flip through it to the section. Mm-hmm. And whenever they change a rule, it's usually in red that year. Mm. So it stands out. So there, there, there really isn't an excuse. If you no. if you really want to play by the rules, then you know it's there. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. No, I don't disagree. I just I think it's it's just an interesting it's an interesting dynamic we play with the system. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, hell. Well, and it's like, here's what I ran into is like in Gatlinburg. So in the state of Tennessee, a single hook is considered one hook. And that could be a treble hook or a hook, like one hook, like a flipping hook or a right, you know, like a singular hook. J hook, yeah. <clears throat> well, I went and read the rules on, on the website in Gatlinburg, and it said you can only use one hook. So you tell me what that means. No crankbait. Well, you can't use treble hooks. Now, oh, you can't use treble. It didn't distinctly say you couldn't use treble hooks on the website, but it could. But it said distinctly on the sign next to the water. But on the website, it said you can only use one hook. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know how they would classify. Or so you any, can't use a treble hook. So you can't use a treble hook. And so it said no multi-hook baits. Only one hook allowed. So mm. I took that as well in the state of Tennessee, a single hook is considered a treble hook or a single hook. Doesn't matter how many right. points it has, as long as it only has one shank, essentially. Right. You know okay. what I mean? And so it's just a weird thing. But once I got there, I was like, oh, 
I also can't use treble hooks. And so I used a single hook inline spinner, but you only had one hook on it, not a treble hook, which if I'd have oh. used a treble hook, it would have been illegal. <laughs> Why is Gatlinburg different than the rest of the state? It's trout, bro. Trout. Like, oh, it's trout. Okay. Because yeah, it's trout. I got yeah. you. The trout thing. And that all fascinates me too. And the reason that fascinates me so much is because I don't know if you listen to my podcast with the biologist about trout. And I bet you didn't know this. It's going to probably blow your mind. Brown trout as a whole are not native to North America at all. They came really? from they came from Eastern Europe, like Germany. Man, they're they are coming after me. Do you hear them sirens? I do. Barely, but I do. Bethany, hide the guns. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> put the drugs up your butt. Um, so feed them to the dog. Um, but anyway. <laughs> what was I talking about? Okay, so brown trout. Brown trout as a whole are not native to North America at all. Like whatsoever. They come from they come from Europe. They come from Germany. And then rainbow trout are not native to any part of North America other than the Pacific Rim of the United States, which is like the literal like Pacific coast. So Rocky Mountains West. So, so so all rainbow trout and brown trout anywhere else in North America are a non-native introduced species. And the reason they're classified as non-native and not invasive is because they're not harmful right. to not waterways. They're not tearing right. up anything. Now, brook trout, on the other hand, are native species. That's native to North America. They're actually like... That's the ones with the different colored dots on them, huh? Yes. That yeah, they're beautiful. Like yeah, they're the gorgeous fish, but those are like those are native, and they're actually considered a prehistoric fish. Like they are really, yes, they are old as old gets. They're like mammoths walking around. Like as soon as the permafrost melted and the glaciers went away, like there's trout in those streams. They've been there for thousands upon thousands of years, like craziness. But no, it's just an interesting thing with the trout that we have so many arbitrary, and that's where I get at the arbitrary thing. We have so many arbitrary rules in place for a fish that guess what. <laughs> like it's not a native like and, and the thing is, is the thing is and here i'm gonna blow your mind even more is most of them are stocked especially here in tennessee knowing that they're going to die because as soon as the water hits 65 degrees right. they, they start going belly up dude like they can't stand it and so like they stock you know, i don't know seventy thousand trout a year in in tennessee waters like almost every single one of them is either going to be eaten or die because the water gets too hot. There's almost no so, naturally spawning trout. If they're going to die anyway, then why won't they let y'all keep them? Like, why wouldn't they let that guy keep them? Like put the five in his ice chest and walk off. Gatlinburg yeah. is weird though, too, because they've got their own hatchery and they're doing their own stocking program and they stop that stock that bad boy once a week. That's wild. Yep. So we actually have lakes, uh, well, lakes or ponds down here that they stock with rainbow trout certain times a year. It's a it's a weird it's a weird deal, dude. So trying new things. You've been trying a lot of new speaking of trout, you've been uh trying a lot of new things lately. I've seen on your uh on the YouTube channel, the yeah, Alex Red Fishing YouTube channel. <laughs> Alex Red Fishing YouTube channel, podcast, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook page. Go over there, check it out. You'll see my ugly face. Um Smooth plug. Uh, yeah. No, I've been doing all kinds of fun, fun things. I've been exploring a little bit. Um, went and did a catch and cook with my buddy John the other day. Dang near froze to death, dude. That was miserable. 
<laughs> Dude, I, so I watched that video, and you said you had two, what, 20-degree sleeping bags? Just, do you, did you know that there's a difference between the comfort level and the survival level? When yeah. they say it's a 20-degree sleeping bag, that means survival. That doesn't mean you're going to be comfortable. So, I found out the hard way. Inside of two of them. Yeah, well, well you would. Let me, let, me, well, let me tell you what made me cold. It wasn't the sleeping bag. I was actually really warm on the top half of my body. It was the, the, the back side of my body. So the front side of Look at me. I disappear into the dinosaurs. So the front side of, all, all over the place. Yeah, so the front side of my body was, was okay. It was the back side of my body that was laying on the air mattress. And so what happened was I forgot my insulated air mattress and I brought mm. my normal air mattress. Well, that was just like sleeping on a giant ice cube of cold air. And so, like, anywhere my body would lay against that mattress, that down in that sleeping bag would compress, and I was just laying straight on cold air mattress. Um, and so, yeah, dude, I napped that night is what I did. I napped from about 9 till 2 a.m., <laughs> and then I got up and turned the propane heater on long enough to knock the chill off in the tent and got rewrapped in my sleeping bags and then, and then napped from about 3 o'clock until 6 o'clock and then got up and started frying bacon. So, yeah, it was... Uh, it was cold. Like I, I do have to say, if I ever go do any winter camping anymore, I'm gonna go visit the REI and get me like a negative fifty sleeping bag and an insulated like thing to put down on my my mattress. So it 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 depends on how you want to camp. So there's there's different there's different levels of camping, right? There's the backpacker camper who will fit everything in a backpack. It's all about weight, you know, yeah. all about. You like so, cut I mean, your toothbrush in half to like make weight and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you cut every ounce, every every ounce counts, right? So they got, you know, they got the sleeping bag that's really warm, but the tent you can only fit you in it, and all of that stuff. Well, me, I'm I'm uh, I'm not gonna say I'm a bougie camper, but I like to be comfortable when I go camping. So I'm not packing. I, I want to. I want to go do a, a a camping trip where I go hike, you know, just a couple miles and spend a few days out there. Yeah. But usually me, I pull a Jeep around. Like this time I had to, I had my my Jeep, my trailer behind me with my four wheeler on it. Yeah. And uh, you know, I got a four person tent that I'm sleeping in by myself. I mm-hmm. got a cot. So I'm up off the ground, pushed all the way to the side. I got a huge down blanket that we have. It's like a king size blanket that I just doubled up, wrapped over. Plus I had a sleeping bag and another bag, which I didn't even need because I had my propane tank and my buddy heater mm-hmm. on all night. So I was nice and toasty. Mm-hmm. You know, it was so bad. I had, Just I had to, sure you have ventilation for those because I don't want that to kill you. You know, CO2. So, is- so you know, trying new things and it being dangerous. This, uh, <laughs> so I turned the heater on and I wasn't thinking about ventilation. I mean, I'm a firefighter and I wasn't thinking about, I wasn't even thinking about the, the, the ventilation, right? In my mind, I'm like carbon monoxide and I'm looking at the heater and the heater says it's safer inside. And propane's a clean burning fuel. As long as it's burning efficiently, it's not, you know, it's not putting off carbon monoxide. So propane, I'm like, right. propane accessories. <laughs> Bobber. Bobby. 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 So Whoa. I get in there, I turn the heater on the lowest setting. And in no time, it is like a sauna in sauna. there, dude. It was hot. Sauna. Yeah. So I put the little vent open at the top and I had to open up, crack two of the windows, you know, had this unzip it so that there was actually a breeze blowing through it. Because yeah. it was so hot. So I'm glad it got that hot because I dude, I just wasn't thinking about yeah. oxygen being burned, right? Yeah. Well, after that camping trip, my buddy sends me a, a, a reel or a short or whatever, and it's a guy in an ice uh ice fishing tent. 
and they got the buddy heater and he tries to strike a lighter and the lighter wouldn't light because until no they light. opened the door because it was sucked all the oxygen. I'm like, holy crap, dude, that could have been bad. <laughs> that could have been how bad. you end up dead. Like, dude, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, you know, there you go. So public service announcement. Make sure you ventilate the tent if you're gonna or just get you a CO2 monitor. Dude, they're cheap on Amazon. You can smell like five bucks and you hang it in your tent or wherever you're staying and it'll let you know when it's when it's dangerously high. That just goes beep beep. Yeah, beep, beep. I need to get one with the carbon monoxide and the O2 sensors. We got them on the, the CGIs on the trucks, on the fire trucks. I need to I just need to get me one of those. Test yeah. everything in the air. Yeah. But no, yeah, it's been fun. So we did the camping, been doing a little bit of trout fishing. That's fun. Trout's a completely different ball game other than bass fishing obviously i mean they're they're just a different animal dude like it's it's fun it is it, really fun and I, i've been enjoying it um i'm gonna try some fly fishing here soon just because i yeah. want to try it you know what i mean i want to see what it's oh, about yeah. um but no nah, dude i think the biggest thing with trout fishing for me is what's been fun is just like getting back to the roots of just like walking down the bank you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you're just exploring, going in like, and even like the Gatlinburg thing, like, you know, very urban right in the middle of downtown Gatlinburg, but it's like, I had never explored Gatlinburg in that way. And so like right. you're walking behind all of these buildings and all of these stores and like, you're getting to see it in a completely different way than you've ever seen it before. And then you get to walk down on the river and catch a fish, you know, standing behind like one of your favorite restaurants. And it's just like, it's a weird kind of like experience. And so now I want to take it to the next level and I want to go like, away from everything which that's with like the fly fishing and going up into the park you know smoky mountain national park and like brook trout and all that stuff and getting like way up a creek somewhere just to catch a little brook trout the size of your hand but because that brook trout is like you know they're extra rare and extra special just because they are native fish which is cool but yeah no that's what i've been doing it's been fun i'm uh I'm enjoying myself. Also been doing some forward-facing sonar, which is definitely dangerous on uh, YouTube nowadays because as soon as you do it, you're going to lose a bunch of subscribers and people are going to throw crap at you and hate you, your core down to your guts, which is interesting. It, it happens. Dude, I, I got, I got, re- oh, dude, I love the comments. I yeah. love the comments. I got, I know a couple of um, YouTubers that just don't even, don't even read them anymore, but I'm, but I love it you know yeah. I, I like the good comments you know and i get you know ideas and, and stuff like that from the good comments but i love the hate comments oh yeah Dude, i had this one guy from up north so down here in louisiana we don't we don't call anything by his correct name i mean yeah. Yeah. we got either french names or we just call it completely the wrong thing so every sunfish all right i don't care if it's a bluegill a goggle eye uh well i don't even think y'all call them goggle eyes i think y'all call them like rock bass maybe or rock something bass, yeah yeah red it, eye it, rock bass yeah yeah okay and then um the uh, you know shell crackers or whatever you want to call them uh all of those are perch to us yeah yeah it, it, it's all a perch like brim any brim or sunfish or whatever we call a perch yeah it, it's not a perch it's like no. you know the perch is that thing you called on your video the other day that was yeah, yeah. you know it's like yellow with the, the the stripes on it well this dude lost his mind i can't believe like why do you call a perch? Where do you even get that from? That's not a perch. A simple, simple research would show. I mean, just a whole paragraph. <laughs> like this. That's a level of ignorance I'm talking about, bro. Like, oh man, I'm telling you, listen, guys, if you're listening to this and you're leaving a comment, I love comments. I love to interact with people. I really do. But that being said, there's a group of you guys out there, and you know who you are. <laughs> There are special humans that comment on YouTube videos and comment on things on social media because just the way they comment. I got this one dude. 
dude, the comments, honest to God, is like a Joe Biden speech. I mean, it is like the donkeys went to the butterfly farm because the fudge got out of the fence and all the monkeys were running around playing football. And you're like, what, <laughs> is the, yeah. what are you talking about? And it is the greatest thing ever. Like, like you did that fish murder on their bridge down on the mud rock bank there where there was them there, what that. And you're like, thanks, bud. And, and this one guy in particular, he comments on every one of my videos without fail. And he's usually one of the first ones. So I can't, I can't not love the fact that he's that, oh, yeah. he's that dedicated to Alex, but I just can't understand what he's saying. I don't know what he's, I don't know what he's saying. I've had, I've had those, but I just, uh, man, it's just, I guess the negativity is what, what gets me. You know, I still have to laugh at them because yeah. if you get that mad over what they call a fish, you know, what somebody called a fish, it's like, God, yeah. like what is, what is going on in your life yeah. that that, frustrates you that much that you have to lash out on on social media like i feel bad for the guy you know well, it's like, I, I don't think it's anything personal in any person's life maybe it is maybe it's not i think more than anything i think it's just the culture that people have come to be uh very very comfortable with saying whatever behind a keyboard and not saying yeah. things things and like we've lost touch with like face-to-face -face interaction like it's kind of weird like even like this even though we're not face to face, like I still think like there's certain things that like, and obviously me and you were friends, but like say it was somebody else, like there's certain things that certain people wouldn't say to me in even this capacity. Right. I have a chance to like be able to articulate a response and like be able to like, and that's another thing is like emotions aren't conveyed in, in like text. Yep. And so like I could say, Vinny, you're a dummy. And when I say it like that, it sounds very, unalarming and very like right. you know, not not angry but you read it as Vinny you dummy and it's right. like yeah. you're in putting inflection on words that that person didn't really mean to say that's why I just don't even worry with it like comments are comments I reply to people who ask questions and good questions and then I heart everything else it's not that I dislike you it's just that I can't invest my own personal time and attention into what people are saying on the internet because i barely have enough time and attention for my own self so i can't focus on somebody else agreed i try and i try and at least you know hit a little heart on every comment and i do read every comment just because i mean somebody took the time to do it and i, I appreciate it and i appreciate all my uh all of viewers and everything so i try to do that but you know it'd be like that sometimes <sighs> You know what we were talking about earlier about YouTube? And I know we're in the middle of a podcast, but remind me, Ben just sent me something. We got to discuss it after we get done. That is very weird. Roger that. And everybody's wondering, what could it possibly be? But you'll never know. What are they talking about? You'll never know. So one of the things I, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to bring up the uh, try new things uh, or trying new things is that's actually one. We both kind of build our brands around education, conservation, and entertainment or not necessarily in that order Try but to. uh yeah but that's what we kind of base it on but two things that i always wanted to push when i started this too is to get people encourage people to try new things mm -hmm. and to make new memories that will last a lifetime uh for several reasons because a lot of times people get caught up people get caught up with in the old you know with the, the good old days yeah yeah you ever notice that You're like man i wish like the old days when right now could be the good days 
You know? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that I think that we are in the good old days in some capacities. Like I, I really do. I think that um, the direction in which we're going. So this is going to be a this is going to be a little bit of a long drawn out. Okay, so regardless, it is the Alex Rudd way. Yeah. So regardless <laughs> of what you think about climate change, there's obviously something going on on a very like big climatary level that worries me. And the reason I say that is because we're seeing changes in fishing and changes in the environment like we've never seen before in history. And a lot of it is based around like climatary types of changes. And so, yeah, I think that in that capacity, we may be entering the good old days of fishing. Um, I also think that we're entering the good old days of fishing just because like all the invasives that we have now, like that's another big thing here in Tennessee, you know, I mean the Alabama bass and, and I know people are tired of hearing me talk about this, but it's the same way down there in, in Louisiana with you guys and the nutrient and all that. Like it is just a plain and simple fact that those fish, the Alabama bass or the nutrient or whatever it is are highly invasive and they are going to ruin certain bodies of water. And it's going to get to the point where we're not going to be able to go catch things like smallmouth. Like, you know, you came here and you're, you're like your mission when you came here was to try to catch a smallmouth. And we finally got that done for you. But like the thing is, dude, with these Alabama bass, I mean, we give it 10 years, five years on some of these lakes. We don't have smallmouth anymore. And so, yeah, I do think we're in the good old days of fishing. And I really, really worry about that, to be totally honest with you. And so, like, I think, like, people need to take stock in the fact that, like, the like the 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 fact that we can still catch fish consistently like we do and that, like, all of our lakes aren't completely ruined by some crazy invasive species. Like, we need to be really thankful for that because states like Florida, Louisiana, Tennessee's getting that way. I mean, like, they don't have bass fisheries anymore now they have peacock bass fisheries and they have snakehead <laughs> fisheries and they have clown knife fisheries and but here before too long here in tennessee you know we're gonna have alabama bass fisheries and it's just yeah we dude. got uh we got the snakehead here now they just uh, uh yeah they just found it i wasn't that long ago last year sometime i think it's crazy yeah they, uh, they got a they found a few of them so that's that's the thing now yeah they'll be here because they're not going to stop that they're just going to keep on multiplying yep exactly so yeah, I do think we're in the, in the in the good old days of fishing. To be totally to be totally honest with you, I really think we are. So, um, sorry about that, like long winded explanation there, but I'm just I, I, I had to say that because I really do think we are. <laughs> so y'all get out and fish the things go, you like to fish. Go and 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 not only go and fish, but like spread the try word. New things, man. Yeah. Try new things. Spread the word and like talk about. Talk about the fact that it's because that's one thing we are seeing right now. And I just got to get this out there too. That's, and this is just making me mad is like that there's people who are moving those Alabama bass around and it's because they like to catch them and yeah. because they think that they're not going to hurt anything. And like I've seen comments on the internet, they're like, oh, you know, those dangerous spotted bass. Well, the thing is, is yes, they are. They're very, very dangerous and they're going to ruin fisheries if we keep moving them like we are. And because of, ignorance like that that's why we're in this position that we're in and so we just got to be so careful with that dude and i try to be careful too by like calling people ignorant because i know that doesn't help our case any either because then all you do is offend those people but sometimes you gotta offend people to teach them something and so sometimes, sometimes. Speaking, of, speaking of teaching people things so 
Trichinosis. You know what that is? Yeah, you get it from bears and what else you get it from? You get it from bears and sheep, right? You get it from basically any carnivores. So it used to be prevalent in pork. That's why you were supposed to cook your pork all the way. Now it's not a big deal because they made it a law where commercially grown pork, they you can't feed them junk meat. Like they used to just feed them scraps of meat and whatever. Mm-hmm. But now they can't feed them meat. It's just like grains and you know stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Because somehow that passes the, it's a worm. I mean, it's a ringworm that gets in you and ends up burrowing in your muscle and give you things. So mm. I say all that to say, you got trying new things and oh. it being dangerous, right? So I'm a trapper. I've been trapping for like third, I think this is my third season. And you eat uh, weight, weird crap. Just and I love it. And I like to try all the things that I trap as far as eating goes. Now, I haven't tried otter yet, which kind of terrifies me because the older guys i trap with say that even buzzards don't eat otter and that worries me so we'll we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there but so this season i have eaten gray fox coyote i watched and bobcat i think it was his first year i tried bobcat i might try bobcat last year so these are all predators right yeah yeah i didn't know about trichinosis i know you were supposed to cook your pork all the way whatever so on one of my videos, uh, one of the trapping videos, we uh, we caught this gray fox. Uh, actually, the guy I was trapping with caught the gray fox. And I took some backstrap with me. And I went down to West, southwest Louisiana to a, a guy who invited me out there to go uh, to go uh, duck hunting. And he got the pit lit. And I'm like, let's cook this backstrap and see how it tastes. So we cook it. And it looked done. So I cut it open. And it was a little pink in the middle. Like, I guess you would say, like, like well to medium well, it was medium like medium to medium well and i'm like you know that's fine it looks good to me you know people eat deer backstrap you know undercooked or whatever so i eat it and i'm like it's delicious i mean it was delicious dude. it was really good it was really delicious but then my buddy who's the taxidermist he's seen the video and he sent me a message that said dude be careful eating those predators undercooked and I, i'm like okay why so you know i did whatever red-blooded american would do i googled it and that's when i discovered what trichinosis was and i'm like ah you know i'll be i'll be all right so the trick so i ended up eating after that ate coyote and bobcat but i made sure those were cooked all the way like i looked it up and you know 160 165 internal temperature and and good well what was it two three weeks ago I actually, I was going to uh, do a trapping class, a one day trapping class with the Trappers Association and dude, my stomach was messed up, right? So it got nauseous and then I started feeling bad and started feeling feverish. So I, I, I left and I came home. I was running like 99 something, wasn't high fever, but then, uh, and a fever broke later that evening. So it was only a short period of time, but it was the, it, so I'm like, I got a stomach bug, but it was kind of weird because it went from nauseous to gaseous to heartburn back to like gas pains to nauseous. Like it was all over the place. No, yeah. you know, I've never felt that before. So that kind of got me starting to think. And I think my wife even asked me, you think it could be, you know, could it possibly be from whatever? And I'm like, ah, I don't know. So I looked it up again, trichinosis thing. Cause I'm like, man, could it be this? Like, I, I, I don't know. And the, the, the crazy part was the Fox would have been the only one I would have gotten it from because yeah. the bobcat and the coyote was completely cooked so i look at 
when I put the Fox video out, it was over a month. Yeah. But the incubation period can be anywhere from two to eight weeks. Yeah. Before you feel symptoms. <laughs> so I'm like, crap. So I go to, uh, I'm like, let's go. Let me go. I'm just going to go to urgent care the next day. This is after a few days had passed. Yeah. I go to urgent care uh, because I didn't know if I was going to get a, a doctor's appointment soon enough, which urgent care was a complete waste of time. Yeah. I no. go in there. Dude, I go in there and I'm I'm telling her what's going on. I'm like, look, I got to tell you because the you know the CDC website says to make sure you let the doctor know if it's a possibility. I was like, I ate a fox undercooked, and it's possible to have trichinosis. <laughs> and she's like, I bet she was like, why the? Well, for, that one thing, the first thing she said was, like, why would you eat a fox? And then I had to go through that. But then she goes, and she's starting. She's looking at me like that. She's like, well, trick. What is it called? Um, there's another word that sounds like trichinosis that is <laughs> that's an std mm. so she thought i was talking about that and i'm like no 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 no, no. it's trichinosis because i know what you're talking about because when i tried googling trichinosis that came up hmm. so um, i had to explain to her i had to tell her what trichinosis was like she had no idea what this was which made me feel you know a lot less confident in mm -hmm. the situation mm -hmm. so long story short they did nothing for me because they couldn't even run tests because it's the urgent care. Like they wouldn't take blood or anything. So the next day I got a doctor's appointment. I go to the doctor and I see the nurse practitioner and it dude, identical situation. Hey, I might have trichinosis because blah, 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 blah. You know, it could be just a stomach bug. It could be trichinosis because I've, uh, you know, I ate, I got the trig yeah. under, under, undercooked, you know, Fox. Yeah. And she's like, well, trick or whatever isn't, STI. I don't understand. I was like, no, dude. I mean, dude, it was like I was in Groundhog Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so she goes through, and so I had to explain it to her. And then she gets on her like medical website, you know, like the actual medical, not Wikipedia, like, you know, like yeah. I was doing. But she gets on the actual website and she's reading all this stuff like that. And so she's getting, she's learning about it from this website. Base level, yeah, base level 10,000 feet. Just like, what is, what is the dude, trick? I'm like, man, I've lost all confidence. Like, I'm going to die. I don't, I don't even know what this is, but I'm going to die. So, she figures it out and sees that there's a blood test you can do. So she get they take my blood and everything. And by that evening, I was actually feeling fine. So by the time the blood test came back, it came back, you know, my white blood cells or whatever was fine. Yeah. Um, but then she calls me back and is like, look, there's another test that they didn't run that they were supposed to. And I'm like, well, look, I don't have any symptoms anymore. So it probably wasn't that. So I was like, if I have more symptoms, then I'll go get the test. And she's like, yeah, we, that, that'll, you know, that'll be fine. Everything. So chances are it was just a bug, but a lot of the cases for trichinosis either gets misdiagnosed as like a, like a flu and it's like self-regulating. Like if it's not, yeah, you know, like super duper bad. So yeah. the chances are I didn't have it because there's only like 16 cases a year. But, uh, that was my, uh, my 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 experience i i guarantee you i will be testing every predator i eat with a with a, with a meat thermometer i'm not you, gonna stop eating them they're they're delicious so steve ranella and Giannis putellas i believe is who had it they both had trigonosis at the same time from from that bear yeah yeah and it sounds really bad and i think it's dangerous if we didn't live in a modern world Right. But like even them, they had to go like to the CDC 
to get the medication that they needed. And so like they were having their blood sent off to the CDC so that the CDC could confirm and then send them the medication that they needed to get rid of the trick. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, dude, that's nuts. I mean, listen, dude, I'll eat about dang near anything, but there's something about predators. I think that's why we as consumers, like at our base, like primal level, don't consume other predators is because I think there's like something probable in us that knows that like that can be dangerous. Yeah, but I'm a coon ass who's gonna test the boundaries of <laughs> you, you ever heard of um um what is the crap that you get from cat feces? Um toxoplasmosis? Sure. Bro, you want to hear about toxoplasmosis? Let me tell you about toxoplasmosis. Okay. Is that the thing that people makes people schizophrenic? Can. Yeah, it can make you really crazy. Um, so, so toxoplasmosis, I'll give you the 10,000 foot view on what toxoplasmosis is. Essentially all felines carry toxoplasmosis and toxoplasmosis is a, it's transferred through their poop. And so like toxoplasmosis can be contracted by essentially any mammal. And so like rats, small rodents, small varmints, things that cats prey on will get toxoplasmosis. And what the toxoplasmosis does is it changes their brain chemistry to make them less fearful. And so it makes it easier for the cats to get them because they don't fear the cats like they should because their brains are jacked up. And so how it presents itself in humans, in very, very, very rare cases, you'll hear about people like schizo and all that. Stuff. But for the most part, it's just people are crazy. Like people like, you know, like you're like, why does that dude like doing backflips on motorcycles? Because he maybe has toxoplasmosis. He also may be an adrenaline junkie, but... There's this like this study that went on where they studied a bunch of people and found out like this massive group group of people all had toxoplasmosis. Now it's not dangerous to humans outside of the side effects of it just dropping our fear levels. Like it literally drops the fear hormones in our body. Now for small rodents and varmints and stuff like that, it's deadly because it makes them not fear predators. It makes them do stupid things like come out in the middle of the day and get eat by cats and stuff. But in us, it's like, yeah, I'll go punch that six, five dude. That's got 21 inch arms in the face. Cause I'm not scared of that. That sounds like a good, uh, starting point for research for anxiety medication. Possibly. That's actually, yeah. I mean, it, it possibly could, but I mean, you want to give people toxoplasmosis. Well, no, that's well, you, you figure out what does what and, you know, make it not permanent or, or something. I don't know. That's why I'm not a scientist. Yeah, dude, I don't because know. I was, just, um, there's so many like just handing I people capsules of cat poo. So my dad one time when he was in Haiti, here's what scares me. It ain't the big animals. It ain't toxoplasmosis. It ain't it ain't the trick. It's shit we get from mosquitoes. <sighs> my dad got dengue fever one time. What? Yes. What is that? It's a it's a mosquito borne disease. You get it from mosquitoes. Mosquitoes biting you, and he had dengue fever, dengue or dengue fever, and dude, it about killed him. Like I literally, mm. yes, yes. My dad was sick for weeks. My dad's my dad's almost died a couple times. I mean, he's gone now, but he almost died before the cancer got him. Um, but it's like a so so right here, uh, dengue. Den, dengue fever is a painful, debilitating mosquito-borne disease caused by any one of four closely related dengue viruses. The viruses are related to the virus that causes West Nile infection and yellow 
fever. And so some of the symptoms are eye pain, fever, muscle pain, headache, bone pain, nausea, vomiting, joint pain, and rash. So I remember he got the rash, a headache, and he felt like his bones were like breaking inside of his, his body. I believe they call it the bone crusher because of that. And that he laid, no, he laid, he took like some antiviral medicine and like, he finally got better, but dude, for like two weeks, three weeks, like excruciating pain, super duper sick. And he got it from a mosquito, something that you can't even see, can't even feel it land on you. Most of the time you can't feel it bite you. Mosquitoes gave him that like insanity. So if there's one thing we know about here, it's, it's mosquitoes. Yeah. So me and me and me and the wife went camping. Well, that's the day, I, the time I caught the small mouth with you. That campsite, we seen like three mosquitoes and you could barely see them. We have pterodactyls down here that fly around in the swamp. And for some reason, this past, well, at the end of this past summer, we've had an infestation of mosquitoes like I've never seen before. Even my neighbor down here where I live in this town, in this, in this bayou town, he said he's never seen it like this before. And according to the news, they said because of the drought, we have these saltwater marsh mosquitoes that will, they can lay their eggs on dry land. They don't need the, you know, they don't lay it in the water, but they'll lay it on the dry marsh or whatever and wait for it to get wet and then they'll hatch. So we had a drought all summer long. So they were laying eggs all summer long and we had a low tide and a drought all summer long. Well, all of a sudden we get this rain starts coming down and the tide finally comes back up and they all hatched at one time. And dude, these are like black, hairy mosquitoes, like the size of your your fingernail, <laughs> like, okay? like pterodactyls. Like, dude, I'm and I'm telling you, when I like, if, if I go outside, <laughs> and this and they and they're not like dusk and dawn, like the times that yeah. they usually come out, dude, they're all, they're, 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 yeah. all day. Yeah. And I go out there and I'll open my jeep to load it up, and, and by the there. time I close it, there's twenty in my jeep. So the whole drive, I'm swatting and killing mosquitoes. Yeah, and dude, it's it it it's something needs dude. They need to do something. It is insane how bad they are right now. And then too, you've got like the whole government thing where the government was releasing mosquitoes to try to do something with West Nile virus down there too. So you got that going for you. That's probably what it is. The the, the news was probably saying, yeah, oh yeah, it's because of the drought. When really, this is just government drones flying around injecting people. Or something. Dude, I, it, listen, I'll tell you another story. Haiti, Haiti. Haiti's the door hinges the hell, ladies and gentlemen. I, I went there four times on a mission trip. It's door hinges the hell. Um, anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. But um, I tell you what, Haiti does have. They have giant insects and arachnids. And when mm -hmm. I say giant insects and arachnids, I'm talking moths the size of a dinner plate. No, it's not an exaggeration, Vinny. Bigger than my head, buddy. And like they're flying around, and honestly, they go. As they fly around, then tarantulas. Nope, not just any tarantulas. Bird-eating tarantulas, buddy. Let me tell you something. When they hit the floor and you can hear them run like a squirrel, uh -uh. you know it's big. Bro, <laughs> I don't think so, cuz. <laughs> so I was. I dropped my water bottle lid because you know you got to drink like Culligan water. Like I have a big water right. bottle. There's no running water. There's no electricity. There's nothing there. I mean, you guys got to understand. So we're drinking out of these big Culligan water bottles. 
So I'm filling my water bowl up. I drop my my lid and it rolls over to this dark corner. And I walk over the dark corner with my headlamp on and look down. And dude, bro, this is not an exaggeration. I'm talking I'm, <sighs> 10 inches in diameter. Jeez. I mean, that's, that's how big you, I mean, like legs, you know, like 10 to 12 yeah, inches. Yeah. Like it's big. And he's sitting there on like a, on a, on like a, I don't even know, like a, like a piece of tile and it jumps off the tile and honest to God goes. <laughs> and I mean, I'm like, I'm like, ah! like I'm, I'm running, like trying to get away from this thing and they get a machete out and hatch one of its legs off. It survives and they kill it the next day by chopping it in half the rest of the way with the machete. But bro, these things are big brown and they have purple hair on them dude see the, oh, so like spiders spiders don't bother me when the, when they're normal size some big and but when they get big like that that would freak me out like the only thing around here that gives me the green moths is the is 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 a is a roach do you and do you i'm not afraid you, of them but they oh they give me the y'all have moths. those milk we call them milk crate spiders because they like i guess they used to get in milk crates but they're just like they look like they look like wolf spiders, but they're like as big as your hand. Y'all have those down there? No, we got what we call banana spiders. I don't think they're actually banana spiders, but that's what we call them. Oh, like weavers. Yeah. Pretty, yeah, oh, pretty big and yellow and stuff. Yeah. Nah, so these things are like about the size of my hand. They look like a wolf spider and they hang out around water. Well, your boy, he likes to explore. This is when exploring gets dangerous. Now, these spiders can't hurt you at all. Like, they just can't. Like, they're not, you know, I think if they got on you and they bit you, it just hurt and you, you're fine, yeah. right? But your boy likes to explore in a kayak. Well, there's the one thing about exploring creeks in a kayak is you better wait till the first frost so that all the little creepy crawlies go away because what's going to happen is you're going to run into something that you don't want to run into. And it's either going to fly and sting or it's going to be able to run and sting or it's going to swim and it's going to want to crawl in the kayak with you just the way that it is. Snakes spiders but i don't snakes don't bother me i like snakes but spiders and hornets i literally would come undone i would beat you your mother and your grandmother all to death trying to get away from hornets like it's just the way that it is i hate them but anyway these milk crate spiders so <clears throat> your boy one day is a little too warm probably to be doing what i was doing but it was cool enough that i had to throw a hoodie on so i thought well it's cold enough so i lay my kayak seat all the way down in my kayak and i am shimmying under this log and that log is about I don't know, yay far off my face for the people listening on podcast <laughs> four inches off the front of my face. And as I'm pushing under, there's one of those spiders. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm, I mean, I literally, like there was a sound come at me. I went, ah. <laughs> I was like, I'm just pushing and I'm just pushing and I'm just pushing and I get all the way past him and I hear, on the back of my kayak and i'm like oh, oh no, no. <laughs> dang it i turn around and old boys is like sitting there and i'm like all right i was like okay kimosabi what are we gonna do here like you know it's like a mexican standoff i had that paddle ready i reached back there and i said Whap! with that paddle real quick totally whiffed on him that's what happens when they have 62 eyes and eight legs they move really yeah. really quickly but luckily he decided to, that the water was a better choice than staying in the kayak with me, and he shimmied off across the water. But needless to say, if you're scared of spiders or hornets, hornets were horrible this year. I don't know. I don't know. We, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming we have hornets, but 
Is that the ones that make that that big round nest, like that big? Oh, oh yeah. It looks like a mummy wrapped around yeah, something. It's like a basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got yeah. videos. I'll send you. Like I probably videoed, no joke, eight hornets nests this year that were like basketball size or bigger. So I don't. I've I've never oh, seen one myself out. But what I see a lot of is red wasp, uh, the paper wasp. Yeah. And they'll be out on the bayou and. I'm talking like nests like this wide. Yeah. You know, the, you know, the ones that you'll, you'll see them a lot of times the nests ain't, but that big and there's about five or six of them on there, you know, up yeah. under your house or something like that. Well, yeah, yeah. I'll see them out in the trees, dude. And I'm talking like a couple hundred of these red walls. Just dude, it's insane what? looking because they're all on the outside, you know, cause the only thing in the, in the, in the uh, nest is the babies. And I literally dude, can't. I literally cannot even, I can't even listen to you talk about it. Like it bothers me. So it makes me want to burn things. Like to think about that. (laughs) So one of my biggest fears while I'm out there is getting, because I get a lot of baits caught in the trees. A lot of one. Yeah. I'm worried. I'm going to hit, throw it in a tree, not see the wasp nest in the tree and go to yanking, trying to get my, my lure out and just, you know, and and then what? Cause Mm -hmm. them suckers hurt. Them suckers hurt. So your boy one time about screwed up, about screwed up. I didn't screw up, but I about screwed up. So one thing that those ball face hornets do is they love to, they build their nest near water, low to low to the water. Like they, for some reason, I don't know what it is, but they like to be close to water. And so creeks, rivers, lakes, you got to watch the trees during the summer because you'll get into ball face hornets if you're not careful, because they will build right on the water line. Like, I mean, do two feet off the, off the water. Well, there's a lake around here called Norris, and in the summer, well, spring, May, they jerk the water up real quick, and it allows water to grow, go back into places where bushes and grass and trees normally grow on dry land. It'll be covered with water, and so we'll go back there because what happens, as soon as the water comes up, the bass follow it back there, and they'll start spawning, and then the shad spawn, and the bass just stay back there, and they eat the shad because the shad are there. You know, It's just a natural part of life. So we go back there and we're flipping, frogging, spooking, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I'm going down this bank and I'm flipping and I'm flipping and I'm flipping and I'm flipping this one tree. It goes, donk. I set the hook. I go, whack. And right when I set the hook, I see the hornet's nest on the limb that I'm over mm. with bass connected to it. Cut the Buddy, line. run. And let, let me tell you something. I saw them start coming out like they were coming out. Mm-hmm. I turned that trolling motor around. I stuck my rod straight at that fish and I just hit it and started pulling. <laughs> dude, I pulled fish and all out. I got the fish out and I got away from the hornets. But dude, like if I hadn't have seen it, they'd have been all over me because they were coming out. And what was crazy is I got the fish in, threw him back, and you could just see the hornets like all over the bush. They were just like trying to figure out where to go to just totally destroy. <laughs> Like whatever screwed with them and like dude it's just it's it's yeah i don't like those things i don't know if you've seen the video but i had uh i had um put out my trawling motor and i had a wasp nest in the trawling motor that i didn't know was there and yeah. two wasps oh yeah i remember that i watched so, that video i, I hated I, that video too it happened twice so I thought after that time it was done, like they were out, it was over. And then I think the very next time I took the boat out and deployed my uh, trolling motor, they popped out again like that and chased me to the back of the boat, dude. That... <laughs> you know what's scary? Well, here, 
trying new things and it's dangerous. Once you've been stung by a hornet or a bee at any point in your life, you can become allergic to them. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And so this year I got stung by a yellow jacket in my yard, mowing, mowing the yard. I don't, I didn't have an allergic reaction to it. It was not like an anaphylactic reaction, but I got my chest got tight. My throat kind of got tight. I had to take a Benadryl and all the symptoms went away, but it really kind of started to worry me. I was like, man, I may need an EpiPen. Cause like, what happens if I get stung and I'm like way back to get stung more than that once. Exactly. Exactly. Now those little SOBs learned a lesson. You want to know why they learned a lesson? Cause I poured about two and a half gallons of gas in that hole and lit that bad boy on fire. (laughs) And yeah, they, they ain't never coming back. Uh, speaking of learning lessons, dude, the the you, you quick shot on that rat, dude, that was in your chicken coop. Hey, buddy, that was awesome. Yeah, did you like it? That was awesome. <laughs> I knew you would like that. I knew if anybody liked it, it would be Vinny. Yeah, bro. Let that me tell you something. Fantastic. I'm I am uh, I am well versed in the use of a shotgun. I'll just tell you <laughs> that much. I've shot many of things in my day with a shotgun, moving, a flying, and a running away from me. Um, old Rudd is 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 a redneck from way back. And uh, I did a lot of shooting with a shotgun. Oh boy, he wouldn't get nowhere. Like I was, his head was mine. And old, the old twelve gauge Ithaca put a thumping on him. Quick shooter, man. That was move the thing. I mean, point blank too. <laughs> it stood the chance. Yeah, buddy. Oh, awesome. I'm one of those people too. Like even when I hunted a lot, like you know, some people are like, "Here comes the deer." Okay, we're gonna mm-hmm. get around. Breathe, breathe, breathe. No, me. I'm just like. All right, that's done. Thank you very much. I mean, like, you don't hesitate. Just shoot them. You know what I mean? Too many people like get too hesitated and like hesitation in their shot. Like, just shoot the thing. Ducks, birds, varmints, anything. Just shoot the thing. I mean, it's just, you know, end it. Not a good shot. As much as I do it, you would think, yeah, no. Well, okay. So, ducks, terrible. I, I, dude, I suck at, I, dude, I love duck hunting. I suck at knocking them out the air. Hmm. Now I went on a rabbit hunt with uh Jared from outside the levees, and it was a uh with using beagles. Which, dude, if you've never done that, that is so much fun. Yeah, I've heard I've heard hunting with 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 dogs is a tremendous amount of fun. Either way, I only missed I think one that I shot at that day. I think I killed like five or six, and it just yep. I mean knocked them. So I, I apparently I can shoot rabbits, just can't shoot a duck. Yeah. So I don't know. I need to I'm take very, some. Um, I'm a very um, like intuitive shooter. Like I grew up shooting recurve bows, iron sights on shotguns. Like I'm very point and shoot. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, I'm very intuitive in that fact that like, it's just like, I know where it's going and I know what I have to do to get that gun where it needs to be. It's like same thing with like a pistol, like shooting a pistol. I'm very intuitive with a pistol because I'm just like, it's like, I'm very mechanical. Like I have a, I have a process for everything. Mm-hmm. Shooting a bow is the same way. I think I learned it from shooting a bow. Cause my dad was a huge, he was, you know, Hoyt archery team. Like he did all that, worked in a bow shop when he was young. I mean, so he taught me how to shoot a bow and it was all just very mechanical process, you know? And so I'm the same way with, I shoot a gun. It's like, I've just done the the process so many times. It's like shooting a bow. You pull it back. You got the same anchor point. I mean, it's the same thing every time. Shooting a, a shotgun or, or a pistol is the same exact way. It's just that mechanical process. And so I, I don't know. My issue is probably I don't practice enough. I'm 
the only time I'm shooting is when I'm out there, you know, mm. hunting. And I'd love to go practice, but I can't afford a daggum ammo anymore. Oh, dude, it's so expensive. Everything is doubled. It's absolutely it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it really is. Speaking, of, so back to uh, real quick, uh, trying new things. Have you ever went put out jug lines for catfish? Can y'all do that in Tennessee? I th- I think it's illegal now. It used to not be, but I think now it is. Uh, there's something about jug line. Like, no, we can't limb line. That's what we can't do. Okay. But we can jug. I don't think we can put out a line. I think we can put like rope on a float with a single hook. Like, but right. we can't put out like a trot line or any sort of like okay. line. That's, well, that's what I mean by jug. Yeah, jug yeah. line. Like just jug like, one one rope and like a line. Yes. Yeah, and you yeah. can put multiple ones out. Like several I've never ones. done it personally, but anytime I see one bobbing up and down in the middle of the channel, I always go pull it up just to see what's on it. So yeah. <laughs> you need it i think you need to try if you can find since you're since you're trying new things yeah do you like catfish i mean do you like eating catfish I, do you like- I, I do but the problem is around here is we are advised not to eat a lot of our catfish because of heavy metals because of oak ridge oh, national labs no. oh, that's dumb not like metallica i'm talking like you know uranium and mercury and things like mercury, that. yeah, Stuff yeah you, should, you should probably move yeah in the mud what is that stuff called? It's um, it's uh, it is a direct result of the enriching of uranium, plutonium hmm. two thirty seven or whatever that crap. Something two thirty seven, I think, is what it's called. Well, it's in the mud in Watts Bar Lake. Like certain parts of oh. Watts Bar Lake, it's literally in the mud, and like they tell you, don't touch the mud, don't eat crawfish, don't eat anything that eats crawfish, don't eat anything that eats off the bottom. Like, I stay away from that lake. Yeah, it's it's rough, bro. Like some good fishing down there, though. The reason I ask is I've been uh, on two jug fishing trips recently, and we've been dude. The other day we caught two hundred pounds of catfish. Yeah, in in two hours. Yeah, I mean we put out thirty two jugs, and it sat there. They sat for two hours, and we picked them up and caught twenty two fish, and they were about. So after we cleaned them all, it was about 25 pounds of fillets. That's straight meat. That's and that's not keeping the meat from the bellies. That's, you know, cutting that's out bloodlines. Dude, yeah. just clean white fillets. I've never cleaned a, a catfish, though. Don't you got to, like, pull their skin off? So this, me, so me and my buddy Frank was talking about that today. Because he went and, uh, because he came with me today. We, we caught, uh, not as many, but I was only, only had half the jugs out. Yeah. But we caught a huge one. Uh. But anyway, we he goes like we're we're about to go clean him. He goes to his truck and pulls out the catfish skinner, mm-hmm. the you know the little pliers that you grab the skin and, and and pull skin. I'm like, dude, I don't do it like that because mm-hmm. I like to get all the red off the meat. Mm-hmm. So what we do is I'll take the catfish and I go hang them up by the mouth and I cut the tails off mm-hmm. and let all the blood run out. Mm-hmm. And I'll you just leave them there for a little while, you know, mm-hmm. 10, 15 minutes, and then you go back. And then you, you just fillet them. Mm-hmm. So when I, I fillet, you know, I go from the tail. So the tail's cut off. So I'll go, just go right there on the edge between the meat and the backbone. And mm-hmm. I fillet it off. And then when I take the skin off, I keep just, I mean, I don't know, a millimeter off the skin. Cause mm-hmm. I want to leave that little bit of meat still on the skin because that's where that red meat is. Mm-hmm. Whenever they, whenever they skin the catfish, that red stuff's still on the meat. And that's where you get your fishy taste from. So I just, I cut it and I leave that red on the skin. 
So all I got is that white filet, and then I'll cut the bloodline out of the middle. And I mean, that's the cleanest tasting meat you can get. Because I mean, all the blood's out of it, and mm-hmm. meat's white, white, white. So good. I tell you what you need to do is you need to come up here next fall and we'll go catch a bunch of them spotted bass, some invasives. Yep. Dude, you want to talk about good. That is the cleanest tasting fish because all they eat is bait fish and crawdads. That's it. And that river that I catch them out of is extremely clean, like gin clear water. You could probably filter it once and drink it. That's how clean that water is. I wouldn't go that far, but you get what I'm saying. But like, dude, so good. I'm not going there until you get down here. Yeah, I know. I need to come down there. <laughs> and dude, you need to. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to come up there for. You get that um that live scope or whatever you call it dialed in. And I want to go catch some soccer. Oh, dude, I, I still got to figure that out. Because, dude, let me tell you something. I never in my life had any comprehension of how many crappie there are, are in the lakes around here. Like, dude, you start panning that dead mag- mega live around. Oh, my gosh. Like, you'll mm. pan out and you're like, that's literally 500 crappie sitting right there. Dude. I'm not figured out how to catch them yet, but, I mean, it can't be that hard. No, I got, um, uh, actually I had a, um, a subscriber send me, uh, he sent me some trapping bait and some trapping lures, but he sent me off, dude, a crap ton of sockley lure, uh, jigs, the little jigs with like, it looks like a, um, uh, pipe cleaner wrapped around the actual hook. And then it got little hair coming off the backside. He tied a whole bunch of them and he gave me a bunch of them plus some other ones that he had. Mm-hmm. So I need to put them things to work. I mean, we got them here, but I, I'm never been that good at finding them and they're not stacked like there are in big lakes like that. Cause I mean, our water doesn't get very deep, so it's hard yeah. to find like the yeah. deep spots where they're hanging out. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I want to do the, um, the Florida. You ever seen how they do it in Florida? With the eight rods hanging off the side of the boat? No, 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 no. no. So you can go to some of them like grass lakes in Florida, like Okeechobee and all that. And you like push your way up into the reeds and you just like take a, a literally a cane pole or a, mm-hmm. I don't even yeah. know if it's a cane pole, but it's just like literally they got straight braid on that thing and like a bobber and you just drop it and it just goes under. You just like pick it up, unhook it, throw it in the cooler and then drop it, goes under, you pick it up. Like I want to do that. Yeah. Deer Meat just did a, a video. He's down there in Florida and, but they'll have the boat set up where they got these rigs where there's like it holds five of them. On mm-hmm. one side, and they got on the other side of the boat. There's five of them. It's those rods, but there's no reel on it. It's just a long piece of fiberglass. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they just pick it up, boop boop, and just let them sit. Like so, they're all fishing. All five of them are sitting there fishing. It's you see it just bob a little bit. They boop, but throw them Crazy. in the boat. It's cool, dude. It's cool. We need to go try that. That'll be a new thing, and hopefully, it won't be dangerous. Yeah. Well, well, if I'm there, it's well. If you're there, it's it's dangerous for me. <laughs> Anything I'm involved in, dangerous. <laughs> We're either going to get canceled publicly or you're going to get hurt physically. So you figure out which one you want. I mean, that's just and what's going to happen. When you come down here, dude, we're going to try and, and get as many different species. Cause I want to, I want to do, I want to do a video where I get as, or a series, you know, it's like maybe a three video series where I catch or kill as many different species, edible species in Louisiana. Yeah. Like, I mean, go from your, I mean, your, your cichlids to your redfish, speckled trout, People. crabs, crawfish, like, I just everything. Yeah. People. And just see, because this place is abundant with food. That's one thing we don't have a shortage of is things to eat. Yeah. But. Well, Punch folks, it. this is, it's 
been an hour and 11 minutes. That went by pretty quick. But uh, Mr. Rudd has things to do, so we're going to respect his time. He's got to go teach some people some stuff tomorrow. It's tomorrow? You got to go do it? I'm driving to Indianapolis tomorrow, and I have two presentations to give, and I've only got one of them prepared. So You got to give it tomorrow? Or uh, No, I'm the one that I'm giving tomorrow, I have prepared. So I'm doing... So if you're in Indianapolis, or if, I, I don't even know if this will come out before then, but... No, it won't. Okay, well, then never mind. But I'll be in Indianapolis <laughs> for the boat show. I'm doing um, two kayak seminars over three days. So two different seminars three times over three days. And then we're doing a kayak panel. Me, Drew Gregory, Gene Jensen, the Fluke Master, and a guy named Mike McKinstry. Um, he's got a TV show. Um, we're all doing a kayak fishing panel where we're going to sit down like Q&A style and answer people's questions about kayak fishing and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be fun. Right on, right on. Well, yeah, if you yeah. made it to the end of this podcast and you are uh, enjoying it, uh, make sure you head on to YouTube and subscribe to the Pelican Bone Outdoors podcast channel, if, especially if you want to catch them, catch these live when I do them. And then obviously head on over to Mr. Alex Rudd's everything, just Alex Rudd fishing on everything. Everything. And, uh, and he'll be there and you can be entertained, educated, and conservated, I guess. Consummated. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Peace. Bye.